you're listening to The Yarn, a podcast for the Australian wool industry. I'm Ella Edwards and today we're crossing over to the University of New England to speak with Dr Kim Bunter about her research into scanning methods for pregnant ewes. Matthew Kaywood, the communications manager at UNE, interviewed Kim to discover why this research is important and what it means for Australian wool growers. I'm in the studio with senior research scientist Kim Bunter, who works with the Animal Genetics and Breeding Unit, otherwise known as AGBU. So we're here today to talk about your AWI-funded research project. All research starts with a question. What was your question? One of the things when I moved into sheep production that I noticed was that um, it was hard for breeders to get certain pieces of information that were beneficial to their genetic evaluation process. And one of those bits of information was things like litter size in advance of, of actually seeing it, and also the date of birth for lambs. So my original interest in pregnancy scanning first started in trying to get more phenotypes regarding fertility and litter size in sheep. But in that process, I met some other people who had more experience with scanning, and one of those people was Doug Fowler who is a co-investigator on this project, and Doug told me he could do fetal ageing. And so that immediately piqued my interest because if you can do fetal ageing, it also means that you might be able to get the lambing date for use based on pregnancy scanning results. What does that mean practically for farmers? If you have an understanding of fetal ageing, what does that mean practically on the farm? So on the farm, if, if you have a scanner who can estimate the age of the fetus on the day that he does the scanning, by default you can then work out what day the ewe became pregnant and then you can project forward to when she's likely to lamb. So having the fetal age is actually a little bit of information we can use to try and work out when a ewe will lamb and what her lambing date might have been if we didn't observe her lambing. And presumably that allows you to um, divide your ewe flock into date of lambing yes, um, and feed, feed and manage accordingly. Yes, so you could feed and manage accordingly and you might be able to remove some of the uh, ewe or lamb mortality uh, through better feeding and management. You might be able to better optimise your weaning processes so that you're weaning groups of lambs at more appropriate ages. There could be quite a lot of benefits from the from the direction of management. But um, also, from my point of view, in, in our genetic evaluation systems, we have plenty of early in life traits which require age corrections. So if we have lambs born with no date of birth known, and we can't correct for those things, that means that producers or breeders would, would be choosing animals that happen to be born earlier rather than animals that are genetically better for things like weight mm. in, in an early life. Mm, a whole lot of implications. So let's begin at the end. What did you find about this uh, Doug Fowler's claim that he could um, he understood fetal ageing in the scan? Well, Doug is actually one of the original developers of scanning in Australia. He started with CSIRO in the 80s and, and promoted uh, scanning. So he's, he has a lot of experience. And uh, he showed me some data he had on cattle that was part of a blind trial showing that the uh, fetal ageing of cattle was quite accurate. Now, cattle are different to sheep because the fetus are a lot bigger and there tends to be only one of them. But uh, we needed to show in this project that we could do the same with sheep and that with sheep it wouldn't matter 
whether there were um, singles or multiples, and it wouldn't also matter um, if there were, say, different genotypes of ewes or different genotypes of lambs involved, so that the scanning in the field would actually be a useful way of doing it. Environment as well? Is that another factor? Environment could be a factor, but um, when we um, look at a whole flock, I guess the operator will probably see that they might be all slightly bigger or slightly smaller than they might Mm. think for that for that age, but uh, it's kind of something that can be looked at afterwards, I think. Right. Okay. I'm just so it wasn't part of this particular Not study. part of this project. No. no, okay. no. So back to what you found, what was the conclusion of your work? Well, a single scanning event, which doesn't cost particularly much, and it can actually be done in conjunction with um, scanning for fertility and litter size, a single scanning event would pretty much enable us to allocate used fairly accurately across, um, say, three groups in terms of their lambing date. And there will be a little bit of overlap between those adjacent groups, but you would never have a you in the early group who lambed in the late group and vice versa. <laughs> so you would you would pretty much be able to manage your use better, at least at the two ends of the, the joining period. And then you've get, got a bit of noise in the middle, but 80% of ewes would be fairly accurately allocated. And there's no way that you can do that in the field by observing matings or um, the alternative is that you have to mother up at lambing. And if you don't do it at lambing, then you're not going to have accurate birth dates and you're not going to have accurate litter sizes as well. So when we're talking about accuracy, what what uh, time span of lambing would each group represent in your hypothetical three groups? So my three groups, I just uh, the joining period for this particular project was 35 days of natural joining, and um, I just split them up based on 14 day windows. Right. So so that's, so that's really yes, and it saves a whole lot of time retrospectively, as you say, mothering up. Mm, that's right. Mm. That's right. So from the preg scan data, we already use that for litter size and fertility in our genetic evaluation systems, but the fetal ageing component needs to be developed for industry applications, and that's what we chose to do with this project. Are you able to give us a feel for the study design? How did you, how did you do this and how did those results come about? The first thing we did was um, my other co-investigator, Dr. Jen Smith. She um, runs the MLP flock at um, CSIRO at Chiswick. And the MLP project had about a 1,000 ewes that were AI'd as part of the program for the MLP project. MLP standing for? Merino Lifetime Productivity. It's also funded by AWI. Mm -hmm. And these use um, provided a really good resource to demonstrate the variation that you would see in gestation length and also the variation that a scan operator would see in fetal size given that the use all had a um, there was only a couple of AI dates associated with that project. So that was the first step was to actually look at the data from those use and identify whether there were things like U age or litter size which made it Um, more difficult for the scan operator to try and work out what the fetal age was. And that part of the project showed that, yes, there is variation in fetal size, but most of it's at random with respect to anything that we might see in the flock. So it wasn't associated with U age or or anything like that. It It was pretty much to do with quality of the image that you get on the screen while scanning, how well the operator can actually see 
uh, the fetus at the time of the scanning event. So most of the most of the variation in size, which we use to predict the age, is random. There's a little bit associated with other things, but not a lot. Mm. So that means that basically an operator should be able to go into the field and do the scanning without having to correct the data afterwards for other things. So that was the first part. The second part of the project was to create a resource population of ewes where we actually constructed mating groups of a couple of genotypes. So we had merino by merino, we had uh, crossbred ewes by white Suffolk rams and we had merino by white Suffolk rams. So we created three groups of naturally mated ewes and uh, Jen and her team went daily through those flocks and looked for ewes with evidence of having been uh, joined. And in those resource flocks, we could tell when they were actually joined and then the ewes were later mothered up and we could tell when they actually lambed and what their litter size was. So that provided the resource that we needed to actually get information on whether there needed to be genotype differences in the size of the fetus at particular ages. And and we did that through actually capturing images from the screens and Doug took them all back home and measured the size of the fetuses and we knew the age of those fetuses. So. Quite, um, quite intensive. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Any surprises? One of the surprises was some of the um, lack of accuracy of rattle marks. So identifying uh, joinings through rattle marks was a bit problematical because sometimes the ewe was joined but there would be no rattle mark and that happened for about 5% of ewes. Oh. Um, there were ewes that were already pregnant that were remarked so, um, and we could tell that by the lambing date. So, yes, that was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it uh, was a good illustration that um, even though rattle marking can be useful, it, it has its own errors, uh, the same as mothering up has errors and the same as scanning has errors. I'm Matthew Kaywood, Communications Manager at the University of New England, and I'm talking to Dr. Kim Bunter, a Senior Research Scientist with the Animal Genetics and Breeding Unit better known as Agbu. How is this going to, or is this going to feed your work as a livestock geneticist? Can you see any further use for this in the world of genetics? Uh, I can see it in the world of genetics. I've done some very preliminary work on looking at how much it would affect selection if we knew age in groups of animals versus if we didn't know age. So for something like weaning weight, if 15% of the variation in weaning weight is due to age, and we don't know age, you can imagine that that can have quite an impact on breeding values. And it also has quite an impact on even just visual selection if somebody's using that instead of breeding values. So from the viewpoint of genetics, certainly having a lambing date inferred when we didn't know a lambing date at all would seem to be uh, useful. I'm not sure if people are only giving lambing dates in seven-day intervals. It may not be better than that. But um, that needs to be looked into a little bit further mm. because if they're doing it in seven-day intervals, that means that they're uh, in their flock every few days looking for new lambs and moving lambs. So, Whereas scanning is a once-off event. Yes. No, it's, it seems like a no-brainer. Where do you think industry could take this work and where do you think researchers could take this work? Well, the scanners that we used in the project are very, very experienced scanners. And probably one of the limitations currently is that there's no accreditation 
of pregnancy scanning in the industry. So there's probably variation in the quality of the results that people will get from different pregnancy scanners. I think accreditation would be a very good thing. It's actually not that easy to organise for pregnancy scanning, but it's uh, certainly something that's desirable. Fetal ageing is a step above just scanning for litter size. It requires more knowledge and more training. And um, I think there's two ways of dealing with that. Either we train more people who have the right equipment to do it, or we work with perhaps developers who can actually alter the scanning software so that we can automate looking for the size of the fetal head and automate the prediction of age based on that. That actually might make it less necessary to train an individual to use a screen because it becomes more automated. Yes, I was going to say, there must be opportunity for the scanning technology developers Mm. to work on this. Yes, that's right. Mm. Mm. In in the research space, do you see uh, this being extended in, in any way? I'd like to, I'd probably like to see a lot of things extended in terms of helping people improve the quality of the data that they have for genetic evaluation. This would be one of those things. I think it would be useful to show people how much it matters that they know birth type or rear type, how much it matters that they know age when they're comparing animals for, especially for young in life traits. I think we will probably do some more work to demonstrate that and show how fetal ageing could help with that if people are not getting lambing dates. And we've already um, implemented pregnancy scanning for litter size in uh, our genetic evaluation systems. It's, um, as you said earlier, scanning began in the 1980s, but it looks like it's got a new lease of, it could have a new lease of life. Yeah, it's one way that people can get information into the system, particularly uh, for merinos, which often aren't mothered up at lambing. The maternal breeds quite frequently are, but the flocks are smaller and the groups are smaller. And Mm. I think they're a little bit more maternal in behaviour. They tend to run away less than merinos when you interfere with them. (laughs) So um, I think uh, for larger scale flocks like merinos, uh, using more technologies might actually help improve their uh, data that they have available. Terrific. Well, it's been fascinating talking to you and it seems to be a really um, important and necessary bit of research. So thank you, Kim Bunter, for spending time with us today and I look forward to see what happens next. Oh, thank you. That was Matthew Kaywood speaking with Dr Kim Bunter about her research funded by AWI. If you have any feedback, please email us on theyarnatwool.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast and recommend it to any of your friends interested in the Australian wool industry. We also have an Instagram account at Beyond the Bale and a Twitter account at Wool Innovation. So get connected and get talking about the wool industry. I'm Ella Edwards and we look forward to our next yarn. 